0: If you dare, this is Pro Football Blitz with former
2: Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network welcome in it is the pro football blitz right here on veason and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network i'm brady cannon live at the circa resort and casino in fabulous downtown las vegas nevada and my partner James Salinas is along via Denver, Colorado, as we spend our final three hours of breakdown of the big game. James, no more waiting two weeks, no more waiting days. We are now just hours away. Good day to you, my friend, Mr. Salinas. Happy Super Bowl weekend to you, and uh, we uh, have had two weeks of To, of course, digest and dissect this big matchup. Of course, SoFi Stadium, the site of Super Bowl 56, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Cincinnati Bengals. And when we were on the Pro Football Blitz last week, James... You and I were not necessarily committed to some firm plays that we were going to make on this Super Bowl. Now, what point have you gotten to now, now that you've had an additional week to kind of mull over this handicap? Have you come up with a clearer assessment of team A versus team B? And do you see some
3: edges or some advantages,
2: you know, kind of come to the forefront for you?
3: I think there's clearly the advantage at the line of scrimmage for the Rams defense versus the Bengals offense. And, that's been talked about plenty, but I also think the other side of that for the Bengals offensive line is they've been hearing about how their far the, the edge is going to be the to the Rams defensive pass rush. And, you know, after two weeks of having to hear that, you gotta think there's some competitive pride that's gonna show up. You know, these guys are tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of hearing about it too. They gotta <laughs> suspect, Brady, that these guys are ready to strap it up. And I think that's the biggest thing now. Twenty-four hours roughly before the ball is kicked in Super Bowl fifty-six. How do these guys control their their nerves, their focus, everything going into this big game. And I think from uh from and the Bengals have been doing this for the majority of the season. They were huge uh, what 120, 125 oh, three digits when it came to being uh, a Super Bowl to, to get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. No one really expected them to be here. I definitely didn't Brady and I think there's some of those intangibles that you can utilize to, to feel like, all right, maybe there is clearly the edge for the Rams' defensive pass rush, but there's also going to be a chip on that offensive side shoulder for the Cincinnati Bengals feeling like, you know, we can play, too. There's a reason why we're in this Super Bowl. We've competed all season long. Nobody expected us to be here. Everybody doubted us. We've rallied around that as a team, and I think some of those intangibles, Brady, can, can play out in the Super Bowl, and one of the things that I really like about the Bengals is the the chemistry that we see on this team? Not a lot. It's yes, you have the star power with Chase and with Joe Burrow, and rightfully so, young quarterback and and how he's just been able to, especially coming back from the knee injury that he suffered at the latter part of last season, and being able to rehab as hard as he did to be out there to start week one of the of this season for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think his leadership really has played out that very selfless in a sense for both sides of the football. And there's certain things that I look for when it comes to, to chemistry within a team and some of those uh, leadership qualities. And for somebody like Joe Burrow, we've seen it. We saw it in college. We've seen it in his short stint here as a professional in the National Football League. And that's kind of playing into where I'm going with this game. I haven't played a side or a total, but there's definitely some of the player props and game props that I've played that have that have influenced me based on where I think this game is going. I'm leaning towards the Bengals and I'm leaning towards the under, Brady.
2: James, I believe both of these teams are flawed. I I, I don't think they have a great number of flaws, but I don't think two or even one of these teams is a dominant NFL team. I I think you could argue that the best teams in the NFL this season are now into the offseason. I think probably the Buffalo Bills were the team I was most impressed with, and, and you could maybe make a case for Kansas City. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. I mean, these are two four seeds, right? That's the lowest seeded matchup in the history of the Super Bowl. But what worries me for Cincinnati is head coach Zach Taylor. And you you alluded to it there in your open. And we really have touched on it ever since this matchup came to fruition. And that is the apparent mismatch with the Bengals offensive line and the Rams pass rush. And will Zach Taylor be able to design a game plan to combat that and will he be able to design an offense that can minimize the possible damage that could go down up front you know you you and I know about this he knows about it the Rams know about it do you think it's unavoidable or do you think Cincinnati will be successful in
3: finding a way to turn this mismatch into their favor I think maybe Brady thinking about last year's Super Bowl, and that was the deciding factor as to why I was on Tampa Bay in Super Bowl 55 was because of the injuries and the status of that offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs rolling into that matchup. And there was some discussion about it, but really it was the star power on both teams and obviously Brady versus Mahomes and plenty of storylines from Super Bowl from last year. But, you know, thinking about Andy Reid. And we we saw that play out in the AFC Championship game this year against the Cincinnati Bengals for Kansas City at home. A lot of light boxes for the Cincinnati Bengals, especially in that second half when Kansas City had that lead going into halftime and refused really to run the football. Did not see the adjustments based on what Cincinnati was playing and the 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 light fronts uh, to get after the passer. There were a number of, I think there was a dozen plays where they only rushed three. They only had a three-man rush in that second half, Brady. And, and no adjustment to run the football for Manny Reid really didn't see that in the Super Bowl either. You got to suspect here with with the Cincinnati Bengals rolling into the Super Bowl, they know where the mismatch is and they clearly know it. it's been a struggle all season long up front to protect Joe Joe Burrow and some of that is on Burrow he's just a competitive kid and he wants to make plays each and every time he has the ball he doesn't want to throw it he doesn't want to waste it down and throw the ball away but I I think for this team here yeah there's plenty of adjustments you can make it's just a matter of are you willing to do that we saw in the AFC championship game in particular for on first down pretty predictable from Cincinnati rushing the football they ran the ball on their first down plays within that game nearly 70 percent of the time. Not going to be the recipe for success in this game. I think they're going to have to vary that up. Run some more play action on first down. Maybe get involved more in the screen game on third down when it's an obvious passing down. But I think that's where you, if you ha, you, we don't have enough playbook on Taylor in this perspective to see him in the playoffs just on the short time that we've seen in the three games that Cincinnati has been in the playoffs this season, Brady. But I think we've got to kind of, we're talking about, it. everybody else is talking about what are the adjustments to be made. Yeah, I don't think this is where somebody. As young as a coach as Taylor is, can really be as stubborn as maybe a veteran coach like Andrew Reed was, not only in the AFC Championship game, but in the Super Bowl last year, to not make those adjustments and say, This is who we are, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to put the ball in Mah- Mahomes' hands to throw the football. No adjustments made. I, I think we'll see some of those adjustments that we just talked about on the Cincinnati Bengals side to help that offensive line and Joe Burrow and that offense control the ball. James, uh, of
2: course you pay close attention to injury reports and probably the biggest story prior to this Super Bowl kicking off was the tight ends for both the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Tyler Higbee has been placed on IR. He will not play in this game and C.J. Uzoma, he's been upgraded. He had a full practice on Friday and his status is now listed as questionable. I think uh, I would be surprised if he did not see some action in this game. What did that mean to you as you went along through The week in your handicap with this now development, Higby out, Uzuma possibly in?
3: Yeah, I think on the Rams side, let's just think about Higby, especially the second half of the season. We know Stafford coming over in the trade in the offseason for Jared Goff from Detroit. It's it gonna take some time for Stafford to get familiar with his teammates, and then they adjust as the season progressed. And didn't take him long to get hooked up with Cooper Cup. They've had chemistry all season long, and a tribute to not only Stafford, but but really Cup and and the creativity with McVay to move him around in so many different formations and variations that allow Cup to to be successful. But I think for Higby, the second half of the season, the last nine games prior to his injury in early in the NFC Championship game against San Francisco, he had sixty targets in those nine games, and so finding each other coming along, and especially we know with the tight end position with Higby, a lot of those are inside the numbers, closer to the hash mark. So being able to take advantage of that second level in the pass game for Stafford, I think that is going to be a key injury for the Rams in the Super Bowl. So what is the adjustment going to look like? You know, that Blanton came in and had a good game against San Francisco – but Blanton's a, is in a sense, this is his first year in the NFL. I know he's 26 years old, but not a whole lot to go off of. It maybe kind of surprise San Francisco in that respect. I think here for the Cincinnati Bengals, they won't take Blanton lightly because Blanton had a, a big impact in that game for the Rams in that passing attack when he subbed in for Higby when he went out early in the NFC Championship game. But now Cincinnati would be well aware of it. I think it's I think that's a big loss in my mind to be able to move the sticks, especially on third down. For the Rams consistently in the passing game it 's a big loss, not having Tyler Higby out there, James, I thought it was pretty
2: interesting. Uh, we were looking at some proposition bets uh, over at the South Point on Friday night, and Tyler or excuse me Kendall Blanton, his over or under as far as yards receiving, it opened up in the neighborhood of nineteen and a half or so. And with the announcement that Tyler Higby was not going to be in the game for Los Angeles, we saw it as high as 28 and a half receiving yards for Kendall Blanton. And you mentioned he had a very good game against San Francisco, but uh, I, I'd love to have 19 and a half over 19 and a half right now. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to expect this guy to get 30 yards receiving.
3: No, nah, it's too big of a number right now. I, thinking about the game plan for the Rams, that's going to be, that's not going to be the first option for Stafford like a number of plays would be if it was Tyler Higby out there. And and I think the Rams are going to be looking more so to, not that it's going to be run-heavy offense for L.A. in this matchup, but we know McVay and his tendencies to want to run the football, especially early in the game. And it's eventually they're going to put the ball in Stafford's hands, but I just don't see Blanton being that first or second option for sure. So as far as that player prop there, it's, it's not one that I'd want to be betting over. Maybe if you had that 19-and-a-half, like you said, but that number's long gone. So where he's sitting at now, 28, 29 and a half, too big a number for me to play. If anything, I'd be looking playing the under against Blanton rather than the over
2: all right a great lineup of guests today on the pro football blitz and in the next segment we'll join the legendary nfl writer longtime nfl writer out of the seattle area john clayton will join the pro football blitz also randy mcmichael a former all-pro tight end willie Roaf towards the end of the show a hall of fame offensive lineman will come back and continue our preview of super bowl 56 right here on VSIN, the sports betting network
4: Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting
2: Network. Do you have questions about betting the Super Bowl, wondering how to hedge, or maybe you're looking for the unusual prop bet or insights from one of our hosts? The VSIN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at slash Super Bowl, and it could be answered by our experts on the air or at vsin.com. Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you, and it's time to bring in one of our great guests on the show today, John Clayton, a longtime NFL writer and also a host now at ESPN 710 in Seattle. You can also catch his podcast, Schooled with the Professor, and follow him on Twitter at John Clayton NFL. John, great to chat with you again. Uh, It's been nearly three decades since you and I used to talk with uh, a mutual friend, Harold Balzer, and... Uh, Howard Balzer, I should say, and good to catch up with you again. Uh, All of us have had two weeks now to mull over this matchup between the Rams and the Bengals. And in going over that process of dissecting and digesting what we have here on the field for Super Bowl 56, what is your general overview? What is your mind's eye telling you right now, John, how you think this game might play out?
4: Well, I think it's the one thing is that I couldn't pick a worse network and I'm embarrassed to say this to talk about predictions and things like that. Because three months ago, I took the tack with all the close games and all the crazy comebacks and everything else. That it's like, I can't predict who's going to go to the Super Bowl. I can't predict the games, you know, because again, it's just so difficult with what happened. And then we got to the divisional round and then we got to the championship game. And it just proved my point. And so making a prediction on, you know, who's going to win and all that stuff. You know, don't do. But again, everything else is up for Jermaine because, again, like I, I, for the Washington Post, you know, I I did uh, six uh, bold predictions on players who are overlooked, you know, and who might step up and, you know, be a surprise player in the Super Bowl. But I think the the biggest thing that you can see is obviously the Rams have the edge, you know, because they've got, they're in LA, they've got the star power, they've got the heat because it's going to be 87 degrees tomorrow that's going to work against the Bengals because they have a chance now because they're not used to it to wear it down a little bit faster uh, you know the key is going to be you know obviously uh, one you know see if the Rams can run the ball well and that's like for example one of the uh, overlooked players that I had you know was cam Akers, who's had 55 48 and 48 yards and so uh, you know if he can have a little bit more of a breakout day particularly with the extra week off, that, that would be huge. Donnell Henderson came off the injured list to be on the active roster. So that's going to help the running game. And then the other key is going to be, you know, what the Bengals can do to block because they got a horrible offensive line. You know, Riley Reef didn't get back from the injured reserve list. They've Jonah J- Johnson over at the left tackle position, they got a no name over at right tackle. And then the interior of the line has to figure out a way uh, or the exterior to try to block Aaron Donald. Which is going to be really tough. So it's like, yeah, obviously the edge goes to the Rams, and uh, but it's going to be a great matchup of two really good quarterbacks.
3: John, you mentioned the how difficult it can be to predict what's going to happen, not only in the Super Bowl, but this the NFL in general. Uh, how difficult was it to predict what was going to happen at the safety position for the LA Rams going into the postseason, considering they had lost both starting safeties in that Week 18 season finale against the San Francisco 49ers? Who would have predicted they're going to go find Eric Weddle, who had retired in 2019, sitting on a beach somewhere. Who knows where Eric Weddle was, but now the fact that they picked him up and they've got him, he He's going to be wearing the green dot in the Super Bowl, and he was really impactful in that NFC Championship against the run-heavy 49ers offense. Talk about, think about Eric Weddle, and talk about what he means to this Rams defense in particular from a veteran leadership perspective, and how his experience could impact the Super Bowl.
4: Yeah, I mean, it means everything because again, it's like a, it's one of the great stories uh, you know we've ever seen in the Super Bowl. You know, a guy who is retired, he's only been there three weeks, uh, comes in, and now has a chance to, uh, you know, you know have, wear the green dot, put all the defenses together, all those different things. And then, uh, you know, like in the uh, championship game, he had nine tackles, nine tackles. And so it's like, uh, you know, and Vic, uh, Victor Rapp got healthy this week, but he's going to be the backup to Eric Weddle. I mean, it's an amazing story. And of course, I mean, once the game is over, Eric Weddle's going to go back into retirement. But what, what a great story. And what a great addition this was to be able to come back and just bail this team out.
2: John, you mentioned you wrote that article for the Washington Post and you pointed out some players that might be getting overlooked in this game. I thought one player maybe that's flying under the radar a little bit, and and you kind of talk about it, James and I have both talked about it, the struggles for the offensive line. I think they're going to have to diversify on offense. And I think one of those guys is Samad J.P. Ryan, catching balls out of the backfield. Uh, Who are some of the Bengals players that made your list as far as possibly being overlooked?
4: Well, D.J. Reader, uh, because, again, what's going to end up happening is that you know how good they are at the defensive end position. But, you know, the Rams aren't great with their interior blocking. Uh, and so D.J. Reader, you know, he's, I know he's only had two sacks this year, but, I mean, he's a big you know, 330-pound guy that uh, you know, if he can get inside pressure, you know, that would be huge. And, of course, y- you've watched through the playoffs that, uh, you know, guys, like, I mean, even though Chris Jones didn't get a sack, but the interior big good defensive tackles tend to uh, you know get pressure on uh, Joe Burrow. So uh, so I, I think uh, Eric Eric uh, you know he's Reader's going to be one of them. I hear and another one too. And I don't know if he's going to be able to break out of it. Uh, a lot of it I think has to go with C J Azuma and what happens to him because he's questionable. He says he's going to play, and of course if he wins, he's going to have chili poured all over him. So it's like uh, we'll see about that. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, Tyler Boyd. I mean, Tyler Boyd caught 67 passes this year. He's one of the best slot guys in the league. And, you know, because they've had to use so many two and three tight end sets to protect uh, Joe Burrow, you know, what ends up happening is that, uh, you know, he's, he's just been ignored. And it's like, for example, in three playoff games, he only has 10 catches. 10. So it's like, uh, you know, that's one. And then, of course, the other one is going to be Mike Hilton. You know, Mike Hilton, uh, theoretically, is their best cornerback. And, of course, uh, you know, he may draw the assignment of leaning toward covering Cooper Cup. And, uh, you know, but one thing is when you look at the Bengals, they're a cover one, cover three defense, but they're going to have to use more cover three. Because if you go cover one and man, you're not going to stop Cooper Cup. I mean, he's going to burn you. And of course, Hilton has uh, you know given up 65 percent completions when balls are thrown against him. So it's like, uh, but you know he's 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 one of the overlooked players that you have to watch in this game.
3: John, I want to get your perspective. Having been in the media for as long as you have, and covered the NFL for and Super Bowls for as long as you have, thinking about the Rams playing at home, we saw this scenario last year. Doesn't happen very often, but where the Buccaneers were playing at home, uh, I'm just wondering does that when well, we talked about this a lot I'm more on the side that I don't know if it's much of an advantage for the Rams if anything it might serve as a distraction just thinking do they have to do maybe since you are at home maybe there's more media requests for the Rams to come out because they have uh, play, playing where their home stadium is you have more requests to do other things there within the city I'm just wondering do you think that is an advantage a disadvantage for the Rams or is it really neutral in your opinion that the Rams are going to be playing in SoFi for Super Bowl 56 Well,
4: one of the things we know don't know is what the crowd's going to be like, because you've seen it with the Rams and you've seen it with the chargers that, uh, you know, the, the LA fans sell their tickets. Now the question is, can the the Cincinnati fans be able to afford to get the tickets, get to the game, and then you know help neutralize the home field advantage. So that I think, you know, it's, and you know, it's like LA is still trying to embrace the Rams. So it's like, I, I think that's neutral right there. But I think one of the things that's going to help a lot is going to be the weather, you know, because again, you know, when you're talking uh, what's going to be 87 degrees, the hottest Super Bowl ever, so you know, that's not going to affect the Rams too much. You know, they lived in that where you got the Bengals, you know, they're coming out of the cold and have to put up with 87 degrees and that's not going to be easy. And so I think that the, you know, the fatigue factor, obviously hydration is going to be a big issue in the game. And so it's like, I think that works against them because, you know, just go down and remember what happens. And I'm sure that uh, you you study this too, is that, uh, you know, when you go down in September to Miami, Tampa Bay, Jacksonville, you know, where the weather is so hot, okay, it wears down any team that comes in there because they're not used to that kind of heat. And if you're going to be the Bengals coming out of the cold, now you're not going to be used to the heat. That, I think, could be a significant home field advantage that can help them.
2: John, great stuff, and thank you very much for spending a few minutes with us here on the Pro Football Blitz. Enjoy the big game, my friend, and we'll talk to you later on down the road. Okay, great to be with you again. Uh, absolutely. John Clayton there. Check him out on Twitter at john clayton nfl one of the best nfl writers that i have ever come across when we come back james and i get further into our breakdown of super bowl 56 and at the top of the hour at 4 p.m pacific it's Derek stevens joining us giving us the circa perspective on the big game coming up at sofi we'll be right back with more at Vsin, the sports betting network
4: This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Coming up on Sunday, Billy Walters, the Michael Jordan of sports betting. He sits down with v Sin for only his second interview ever. His first was with 60 Minutes, and now he joins legendary broadcaster Brent Musburger for an in-depth conversation discussing the current state of sports betting, advice to gamblers based on his life as a sports bettor, as well as upcoming memoirs. The exclusive interview is only available at v Sin, the sports betting network. And to watch the complete interview, Sunday at noon Eastern, only at vcin.com. I was lucky enough to work with Bill Walters for a year in the golf business. Also very influential in the local Las Vegas golf market as well. James, let's take a look at this big game from a market perspective and the numbers as far as the side and the total I made the game Rams minus three and a half, and my deeper number crunches came to Rams minus nine and a half, and then also Rams minus two. Now, right now, as far as a consensus number, we are at Rams minus four. With a total of forty-eight and a half, we have seen a couple of shops kick back up to four and a half in favor of Los Angeles, including our friends at the South Point and right here at Circa. The game opened up Rams minus three and a half or four with a total of forty nine and a half or fifty. And the Rams side was hit immediately, getting it up to as high as four and a half. And the total was hit immediately towards the under, bringing it down to where it is now. What is your assessment of the movement in the market? Now, we know the volume of recreational play can move a number in the Super Bowl, and that usually is towards the favorite and the over. I think we can also assume that that very early money that made those initial moves was probably sharp money a couple weeks ago. How do you handicap the market movement, James, and where do you think it might end up
3: before kickoff? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen as much movement on the total to start kicking back up, sitting pretty much consensus. I do see a 49. at a couple of books out here in Colorado, Brady, but for the most part, it's been holding at 48-and-a-half for, for this long. I was hoping, that's why I haven't played it. I'm looking to play in the under, but I'm waiting. I'm being patient to see if I can get a better number than 48-and-a-half. I do see the 49. I just want to see, and where does this go over the course of the next 24 hours, and does it move up? Do we get to 49 consensus? Do we get to 49-and-a-half, potentially? I'm just kind of surprised, thinking that, yeah, we, we know the public comes in, and they, they want to get involved with the – get involved with the the favorite but more so with the total if they're looking they want to see points on the board and and you've got two quarterbacks that's going to get they've been talked about plenty throughout the for these two weeks for the Super Bowl So I haven't played anything yet. I'm looking at the under. I haven't played that number because I want to see if I get a better number. And I think that's where, Brady, that's the beauty of now uh, being able to, we know, an in-game as well. But also the fact that we have so many props during the Super Bowl. We have a lot of props, just regular season games in the NFL now. But – Come Super Bowl, thinking about where this game was going to go, I think that's where I've been able to kind of maneuver myself that I haven't played a side or the total within this game, even though I know which way I want to go with it and how I kind of think the game flow is going to be in this matchup. But that's where we can get involved with some props, whether it's game props or player props that are kind of correlated to where this is going to go. Do I think it's going to go... Be to four and a half and sit at four and a half? I really don't know. I think if it goes to four and a half, you're going to see quick buyback. I think the one thing to consider too, Brady, is we've, we've talked about it. And aside from the NFC championship game, we've talked about it all playoffs long. And, and not only this year in the playoffs in the NFL, but many years past where does the points spread even matter? Are we looking at just saying who's going to pick the pick the winner and that's the side that's going to come cover that number? And in this case here, instead of the Bengals, we're seeing a lot of, uh, we tend to see this too, a lot of money that comes in and forget about, the toll, forget about the point spread with the Bengals. Folks want to bet that dog. They're going to take that juicy money line price. I see some plus 185s in the market in favor of the Bengals. I think that's what's going to be key is where does the money line move as opposed to whether it sits at four or four and a half.
2: Yeah, the highest I saw on the money line was plus 184, and I took a little nibble of that. Uh, You know the teaser play that I have. I have the Bengals teased up to plus 10.5 and over 42.5. Uh, But like they say, kind of a rule of thumb, if you're betting underdogs in the NFL, sprinkle a little bit on the money line as well. So I did that as well, and I got that at plus 184. James, my initial feelings about this game was that the public was going to be on the underdog, despite the fact that they typically gravitate towards the favorite And the over. It's just kind of the uh, Cinderella story of Joe Burrow. And it feels like the nation has kind of fallen in love with this kid, his attitude and his resiliency. And I kept trying to talk myself out of that side. But versus the number, I could not. It feels to me like this number is really spot on. And that is not surprising when you get to this point of the season and you have just one isolated game. But it really feels to me like there is a very good chance that the Rams win this game by exactly three or four points. That seems like
3: a realistic outcome. Yeah, and the market it, throughout the season, we know it gets tighter and tighter, and these lines are really difficult. The NFL can be very challenging to beat as a as a sports better and a handicapper. But yeah, I think that's where you know you talked about getting in on the Bengals and that money line at plus one eighty four. We had talked about this last week too, Brady. If you like Cincinnati and you're going to go that route, and that's where I'm leaning to. What about Joe Burrow? I found Joe Burrow, and I did take a a piece. I actually took a pretty good bite of Joe Burrow (laughs) rather than playing the Cincinnati Bengals plus the 180 or wherever those those numbers are moving. Actually, I just saw another one move here in favor of the Rams, in particular for the money line. But that said, taking Joe Burrow, I was able to get him at plus 250. That was at the Superbook. I think it's still at the Superbook right now at plus 250 because if the Bengals do pull off this upset – who is going? Who, who else would it be? Be more impactful within that game than Joe Burrow? Not only the storyline, but the the fact that he is just play. He's, the kids just got. He's such a winner. He is. He, we've seen it from him, and and heard a lot of things about the. You know, for me, I was. Thinking, well, was Burrow when he got hurt last year, it was really unfortunate. I remember seeing him and really liking what he was doing, uh, having to carry the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think that's what he does. He's one of those players that just elevates the level of play for everybody else. I don't know how we how, how we can quantify that on a spreadsheet, but you just see that out there on the field. Everybody picks their game up. And for him, the injury that he had last year, latter part of the season, surgery, eight months really just eight months out from start of the week one season for 2021 and he's out there wasn't at full strength but he's out there and i think that just sent the message to his teammates it's hey i'm sucking it up we're getting after it he knows he's the face of that franchise and the leader of that team and i think he just continues to not only carry because of that offensive line struggles but just elevate the play of all of his teammates i don't know who else i would find on that cincinnati team if cincinnati wins this football game that would be more impactful than joe Burrow. so plus 250. I couldn't resist.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And you and I have discussed that. Uh, I did take the plus 184 on the money line, but I think it makes every bit of sense to get a juicier price on Joe Burrow for MVP. What about the Rams money line? I, I kind of like this bet, too. Uh, I Even though I have, uh, you know, I made the teaser play. I have the small money line bet on the Bengals, so I'm not going to obviously bet the Rams money line. But I do think that is a pretty responsible play at minus 200, minus minus one ninety. And and by the way, if you're going to play the Rams on the money line, this is another one where you probably want to be patient and wait because you alluded to it, James. The general public, the recreational better, likes to come in and bet the underdog on the money line, bet the underdog to win outright, and that should drive the price down on the favorite. Um, But as we discussed and as the line would indicate, the odds makers uh, evidently appear uh, they think this will be a relatively close game, a one score game. So I do believe it is a reasonable play on the underdog to play or to play the money line on the underdog, because you talked about this as well, James, during the regular season, 85% 85% of the time when favorites win the game, they cover, and when underdog's cover, they win the game outright. And then you get into the playoffs, and that even amps up a little bit to the neighborhood of 88 or 89%. In the Super Bowl, the winner of the game is 47-6-2 and two against the spread. That is over 88% of the time that the point spread, like you say, does not come into play. So I, I think really a money line bet on either side is worth a look
3: depends how frugal you are when it comes to laying juice, Brady. I'm way too cheap. I it almost $2 in a game that I feel like it could go either side. Laying $2 in this sense for the Rams to win this football game, it, it's just too big a price for me. That's the beauty of in-game. I think if I was good if I was going to be a Rams backer, I wouldn't want to lay $2 right now before the game kicks. I'm going to see if I can position myself as the game is going through do I want to find myself somewhere else where I might be able to take advantage of? Uh, uh, do, do both teams get off to a slow start? Does Cincinnati get ahead 3 nothing, And now that, that whether it's the point spread and or just to win the game outright, that number is going to come down. Can I find a better price? I think I'd be more apt to gamble that I can find a better price on the Rams in game than laying almost $2 for them to win it before the game even kicks. Yep,
2: I think that makes sense, and uh, certainly if the Bengals get out to a lead, you will see a better price on the Rams' money line. VSIN is in the middle of 56 hours of free video coverage on vsin.com. Coming up tomorrow, we have every angle and analysis of the big game covered for you, starting with point spread Sunday, then the Lombardi line, followed by our exclusive one on one interview with Brent Musburger and legendary sports better Billy Walters. This exclusive one hour interview is only at VSIN. Then we have you covered all the way up to kickoff with our pregame coverage. During the game, we have our bet cast, and then we'll tell you what prop or cashing during the game, as well as help you make in game plays. VSIN, the sports betting network, completely free all weekend long at vsin.com. We'll be right back with more of the Pro Football Blitz.
4: This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: The playoffs action was Supercuts Fantasy Super Series. Play free fantasy football and basketball in this 8-part contest series and compete for a cut of $45,000 in total cash prizes. Head to draftkings.com/supercuts now to get in on the action. It's not just any haircut, it's Supercuts. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See draftkings.com for details. Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you. And it's time to add a third member to the conversation here. We're now joined by Randy McMichael, former All-Pro tight end. He played 11 years in the NFL with the Dolphins, the Rams, and the Chargers. He's a host at 92.9 The Game. And you can follow him on Twitter at RandyMac81. Randy, happy Super Bowl weekend to you. Thank you very much for joining us here on the program. And Obviously, you are a longtime, excellent football player. I want to get that perspective from you first before we dive into this game a little deeper. What do you see as maybe like some of the intangibles? And my partner James was talking about it a little bit earlier. He likes the chemistry that this Bengals team has. What about the attitudes in the locker room? And do you see any edge one way or another for either of these teams as, as far as that chemistry factor?
1: Uh, well, first of all, thank y'all so much for having me on the program. I do appreciate y'all and everything. Uh, yes, it does have something. They believe in that guy that wears number nine. You know, he—they believe in him and everything. They're not the best team in this game by far, but they believe in him, and that—that's what you have seen in the playoff game so far. So, I think that you know, I think Cincinnati. And I picked them on our show here, the, here in Atlanta on Night 9 game the Andy and Randy Show. I picked Cincinnati to win this football game because of him. Not necessarily because of his performance, but because of how his team and that organization believes in him.
3: Randy, so let's get your perspective as a former NFL tight end. Let's go to the Rams side. We know both of these teams were were questionable at the their starting tight end position with C.J. Uzma on the Cincinnati Bengals side. He most likely will play in Super Bowl 56, but for the Rams, no Tyler Higby in this game. He's already been ruled out, and we saw in the second half of the season really become a, a bigger factor in the passing game with Matthew Stafford. He had 60 targets over the final nine games of the, of the regular right. season and the the postseason, I'm just wondering, from a tight end perspective, what is his impact of his absence not being on the field, and what adjustments do you see from the Rams in the passing game with Higby being gone?
1: That's a big loss, man, you know, because they like to run a lot of uh, 11 personnel, 12 personnel with multiple tight ends in the game. But I and I, and I hate always to always forget the other tight end that stepped in for Higby. Had a great job. Had a nice little screen pass, catch and run in the last game against the 49ers. So
4: I think they'll be okay.
1: As far as Uzma, I don't know how effective he'll be. I know the adrenaline was rushing. You're at the fans. You're at the pep rally. You rip the knee brace off. You throw it in the air. I'm playing. the most important game. How effective will he be? He's not going to be 100%. I don't even think he's going to be 70% because that injury that he has is a four, at least four-week type injury. So how effective will he be? Obviously, he's a big part of what they want to do offensively. But when you have guys like Higby and those guys, I think that the Rams will be okay And I think because the emergence of of the guy who I say is the X factor for the Rams 8-5, I mean, he has been doing his thing across the middle. And you saw what he did when they lined up against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Randy, of course, later in your career, you became really a specialist in a blocking role as a tight end when you were with the San Diego Chargers. Uh, how about uh, C.J. Uzuma? If you say he's 70%, is he going to be able to help on that offensive line at all with blocking duties? We know it's been widely publicized that this is a fierce pass rush going against an offensive line in Cincinnati with a lot of holes. How are the tight ends going to have to fill in blocking-wise protecting Joe Burrow?
1: I don't really think it's that case. I think it's one of those situations where you bring one, that 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 extra offensive lineman in when you're talking about if you're the Bengals, you bring that extra offensive lineman in, and you see a lot of teams doing that nowadays. They bring them in, of course, for protection. That, if you look at last year's run by Tampa Bay and the percentages that they had, that they had that extra lineman in playing that tight end spot, I anticipate that Kansas City I'm sorry that Cincinnati will try to do something similar to that because he might be he might be hindered. No, Mike, he's going to be hindered. You don't have that ACL, I mean the MCL injury, and be recovered in two weeks. It just does not happen. So I don't know how effective he's going to be, but anticipate the fact that I think that Cincinnati will go a lot more with that extra offensive lineman.
3: So. Let's talk about the defensive side for the Cincinnati Bengals, Randy. And and this is a team that made a lot of moves in the offseason. you got Hendrickson, who's been terrific coming off the edge, rushing the passer. They made a number of moves at the cornerback position. Uh, But I'm thinking about the Bengals. They've had six interceptions so far through the playoffs. And thinking about Matthew Stafford, he's been one of the highest-rated quarterbacks against the Blitz we think about Stafford and his ability to recognize and read and react based on coverages. He's thrown 18 interceptions so far this season for the LA Rams. 17 of those interceptions have come on just a three or a fat four man pass rush. So it's not about the blitz. It's about, it's. I'm assuming, I want to know your perspective. So many interceptions against a limited pass rush. Is it is it his ability to, is he misreading the defenses for Stafford? Is he having too much time in the pocket to process and maybe overanalyzing things while he's sitting back? back there too much time. What is your assessment of Stafford with the amount of interceptions he's had with the lack of a pass rush coming at him?
1: It's amazing that you just said that because I think that how the Bengals played the Kansas City the Chief in the second half, they'll play the Rams like that because of everything you said, because of the fact that when there's like these there's bodies back there. You rush three and you have such uh we, we call it green dog. And it's when, you know, somebody comes to block you or the back goes on the right, you rush. Well, they do a lot of green-dogging with their front, and I'm talking about Cincinnati you look at the Cincinnati game. You can't block that long. You know what I mean? You can't block as long as those offensive linemen, and it wasn't really a fierce pass, but it's just the fact that the offensive linemen, you get in a situation where there's a clock, and you're like, okay, the ball's finally gone right now. Oh, dog, no, he still has the ball. And so I can see a lot of that tomorrow. If I'm Cincinnati, that's how I would play the Rams. I would double Cooper Cup and play a, a kind of umbrella over uh, Odell Beckham because you're without Higby and I mean you just don't know what's going to happen. to far away. the Rams and I, and and I, and I say this, I think the key is who runs the ball better tomorrow. I really do because I really do think that both of these teams are going to give the opposite the, uh, the offenses friendly boxes to run the football. So I think whoever runs the ball better tomorrow is going to win.
2: Randy, you talk about the game plan that the Cincinnati Bengals employed in the second half against the Kansas City Chiefs, and it was so successful. Lou Anarumo, their defensive coordinator, if you look at this guy's history, he's basically been a defensive backs coach his entire career before ascending into the defensive coordinator position. This guy really might have a knack for this type of thing. That could be a factor in this game. If this guy knows defensive backs and how to coach them so well and game plan in the defensive secondary, maybe that's the difference for Cincinnati this week?
4: It could
1: be. He better, he better not put Eli Apple on Cooper Cup. I know that. <laughs> that's going to be like that uh, like that where you got to be chopping up that meat like that. That's all that's going to be. But, um, I mean, <laughs> when you look at how they play, I, I, I mean, I really anticipate them playing it like that because my biggest thing, when you look at Zach Taylor and you look at Sean McVay, which, quarter, which coordinator, head coach, whoever calls the place, whatever, who can stay committed to the run when it's working? You know, I think that's the biggest thing with this game is like this. Because the boxes are going to be light. Because teams are going to be playing nickel. They're going to be playing dying personnel on the field. Who can run the football? But not necessarily to run the football. Who can stay with it? Because it's easy to be cute with it when you've got as many offensive weapons as both, these guys got, both of these teams have as far as quarterback and wide receiver. Who can stick with the run game the most? I think that's going to be the next factor.
2: Randy, we uh, just have about a minute left here. we got to let you go, but uh, we'll get a quick prediction from you. Of course, we are here in Las Vegas. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The line here in Las Vegas is the Rams by four points with a total of 48.5. What are you thinking on this one?
1: I'm going to take the under. My partner here in Atlanta, Andy Bunker, he, he took the over. I'm going to take the under, and I think it would be 21 17
2: Bengals. Ah, twenty-one seventeen 17 Bengals. All right. And, of course, yeah. that would uh, get the Bengals cashing on the money line at about plus 185 and stay under that total of 48-and-a-half. Thank you so much. Tremendous stuff, Randy. We'd love to do it again with you. Enjoy the Super Bowl, buddy.
1: My guys, I'll
2: take care. All right, that is Randy McMichael. Remember watching him. Great tight end with the Miami Dolphins, James, and then uh, was uh, basically the backup to Antonio Gates there in San Diego. But uh, some great analysis there, and it was interesting to hear how how important he felt the loss of Tyler Higby
3: will be in this game. Not only with Tyler Higby being out, but I really liked his assessment of the Bengals and their secondary and all the different things that they do. They this is a secondary that has mixed so many different coverages throughout the season. Yeah, primarily they like to they'll play a lot of cover one and a lot of cover three, but they also have safeties that are very versatile in both Bates as well as Bell being able to be that box safety moving them around. So his assessment of the the differences and the variations that we'll see out of the secondary for the Bengals that's where I'm leaning towards as well. I really like digging into that secondary and, and the X's and O's of this matchup.
2: Yeah, I think Lou Anarumo really came to the forefront with that adjustment he made against the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll see if that works out again against the Los Angeles Rams. When we come back, it's time to talk to Derek Stevens, the owner and operator of Circus Sports right here in downtown Las Vegas. Stick around.